Welcome to Quarantine Spook Show, I'm Kyle Carezzi. This is the show where I do improvised horror stories. What I do is I pick out a random title, and then I make up the stories from there. Often I pull titles from the audience. Uh, so you have, if you have any titles you'd like to submit, spookshow at gmail.com or set, just send them to me directly. Okay, this story is called Big Red Letters. High school tends to be a weird time for everyone. Everyone has their own, own uh, plethora of experiences and perceptions of what high school is and what it should be, and how it went for them, and how it will go for them. struck him most about high school was when he was a kid he'd watch all these movies about high school about how it would go you know about like social standings and cliques and popularity and all that jazz and he was just like oh shit I don't know how this is gonna go but then when he got to high school tended to be blasé about all that stuff. Everyone just kind of hung out with their groups or friends or their networks, and it was just, they left it as was. And anyone who really cared about social standing in high school uh, were either both creeps or out of touch. When Ricky was in high school, he was just like, oh, this is just living. Everyone's kind of just doing their own thing. You know, conflicts arise and, you know, plenty of room of trauma for trauma for everyone. But ultimately, it's just school school, you know. Not all that remarkable. also had a blasé attitude uh, toward the schoolwork as well. His school didn't offer any, uh, he was too young of a grade to take any uh, AP classes or anything. So I didn't feel like he, he was actually being uh, critically, critically challenged in school. I 
what the upper level honors courses uh, are really just assigning them a bunch of schoolwork. They're not really challenging his intellect or perception of the world. some friends and acquaintances in high school, but he certainly felt out of touch with everyone. He didn't know at the time, but that's how a lot of people felt. That's just living. But Ricky did want to establish a bond with someone, you know. Someone he could be close to. Someone he would still want to spend time with out, out, out of high school, after graduation. And then have long, stable friendships for the rest of their adult lives. sophomore year. His English class had an assignment uh, to start a pen pal correspondence. And the teacher, uh, Miss Mason, she was just like, look, you know, the situation is uh, all you gotta do is just send one letter and then you'll get a letter back and then that's the end of the assignment. If you want to keep up with the correspondence, you're absolutely more than welcome to. In fact, it's encouraged. But what it is, we're signing up with a third-party organization. Uh, they're called Pen Pals or Us. It's a pen pal distribution program. send in your information and your letter and they assign you with a pen pal from somewhere else in the world who also signed up for the program. So you're guaranteed to get a response to some capacity. And I know we don't do assignments like this. But the, our school district was a uh, pressured by state government to uh, have more international learning uh, in, the, in our programs, which I'm all, I'm all for, but this assignment is a very half-assed iteration of that, but, you know, if you want to keep the pen pal correspondence going, I encourage it. I think you'll learn a lot. But we're really doing this assignment just so that the school district can uh, check a box, essentially. That was one thing Ricky always appreciated about Miss Mason. She's always uh, down to earth. Definitely let uh, let the students in on what the score was, you know. She was one of many great teachers who were always emphasized, you know, this is the kind of things I'd want to teach you, but these things that I'm actually teaching you are the things that uh, I'm supposed to teach you, but you're not really learning much from that. She felt the pen pal assignment was a nice kernel of an idea. And that's why she encouraged uh, people to keep up with their correspondences. She even offered extra credit uh, if it was still going by the end of the school year. sophomores in high school, you know, maybe that would sound neat. Not so much for the seniors in high school. But if, you know, as a rookie as a sophomore was just like, oh, hey, an improper fraction. Sounds pretty cool. Or not.
were doing the assignment, everyone was putting in their information to the pen pals or Rust database about the kind of things they're looking for from a pen pal, you know. Their interests, uh, what part of the world they were from. But Rookie took it a little bit further. open comment box of uh, to fill out uh, additional information. He charged it with his philosophies, essentially. Most of which were speaking uh, from the template of, you know, ennui and nihilism. School stinks. Everyone stinks. There's nothing in this world for us, so we have to cultivate it ourselves. You know, our teacher was telling us that this is just a school district's half-assed way to uh, incorporate an international learning into our studies. Uh, you know what, if you're chill, feel free to respond. Then Ricky signed his name, and then that was that. about the assignment by the time the responses came in, which was about two months later. And to the assignment's credit, uh, a lot of people really enjoyed uh, their correspondences. Spain. Oh, I got one from Ghana. Oh, cool. So Miss Mason was continuing to pass out the uh, letters to all the students. And then she was like, oh, Rookie, you got this big red letter. And Rookie was like, oh. letters were sent by high school students and whatnot, you know, they, do, they just kind of look at the envelope and sealed it and called it good. But this letter had a very, uh, interesting stamp seal on it, with a crest on it. started to read it a bit. And the letter started off like this. Dear Ricky, I saw your uh, profile on uh, Pen Pals R Us, and I agree with a lot of what you say, you know. People are stupid, and school is stupid, and there's nothing for us in this world, so why are we wasting our time? That's my whole thing about school. It's really just an elaborate ploy to, uh, waste people's times. And I gotta say, it's almost clever. But the only reason why most people do it is... 
those people were doing it. You know, I think I think if there was some kind of global virus-based disaster, you know, we'd only have a graduation rate of thirty uh, percent, really. for writing more letters to you about our scorn for humanity and how they deserve vengeance and all that shit. address didn't make sense to him. He was just like, hey, uh, teacher, uh, Miss Mason, where is this letter from? And then Miss Mason said, yeah, that one, uh, I think the, uh, pen pal's actually living at sea to some capacity. Um, so it's not really, his mailing address isn't from, like, a specific country. He had to just send it somewhere on land when he was landing. But they always check back to that spot, so... You know, maybe if he responds, you can ask him about what it's like at sea, you know? And then these little, uh, stamp-looking things kind of fell out of the envelope. And the rookie was just like, what the hell is this? And then he continued reading the letter, and he was just like, ah, oh, P.S. So you know that I'm cool. Here are some uh, food rations uh, during World War II. Historical as fuck, man. And Ricky was just like, oh shit, that is historical as fuck. How'd this guy know that I was into war history? God damn. Sent a response, you know, pretty much talking about uh, details of his life, people that he knew, talking about his family, some stories that he had, his gratitude for uh, being sent those food stamps, even though he had no use for them since the war was over for almost a hundred year years, but you know, even still, it was pretty cool. about a scorn, scorn for humanity. How he feels like uh, the worst people never get with quite what they deserve. He said that he was reading Dante's Inferno in his high school class. And he was saying the whole thing about that book is just like, yeah, people who commit evil deeds, or at least evil by the definition of uh, Dante, then, you know... Uh, the nature and content of their heart uh, is reflected in the physicality in the uh, underworld. And then Ricky went on to say, was like, my theory about that is that most people who uh, commit atrocious deeds, or even mildly bad uh, deeds, you know, they just don't have the content in their heart to feel guilt properly or remorse. They do fucked up shit, they can just brush it off. Not really feeling the internal consequences of what they're doing. 
maybe there are enough people in the world that could, uh, if they were shitty, they could, their shittiness would be reflected upon them in their life. But you know, if they, uh, think about life, if they were out of touch with what it meant to be a human being, then they could do fucked up shit, fuck people over, destroy resources that people need, and then feel nothing. Yes, I don't have any uh, wartime reactions or anything like that. But I'm gonna send you some pictures, some uh, some scans of uh, an issue of uh, the comic Raw from issue two that you should read. Ricky was already already uh cultivating habit of collecting old paper products and added the World War II food ration stamps to his collection. So I hope that Christopher would appreciate the, uh, the raw comics. He got a response uh, pretty quick, faster than he expected. It was that next week, and Ricky just kind of thought, well, how could he send it back so quickly if he's out at sea? And then Christopher went on to say, like, yeah, Ricky, that's awful. If only more people's actions were governed by the contents of their heart. Or maybe they are, and that's the trouble that we're in. And then I went on to say, "Well, you know, I'm uh, going to be in the I'm going to be in the uh, United States next month. Uh, you know, maybe we can meet up in person and talk about this stuff more." sounds really cool. I'd love to hang out or whatever. I could use the extra credit. Nah. got a knock on the door about a month later. His parents were out of town and he had the house to himself for a bit. 
person, ah, oh, thank good, I could use some chilling out and hanging out. It's definitely what I need. About his age, uh, didn't recognize him. Didn't recognize him at all. And then Ricky was just like, uh, yeah, what's up? What do you need? And then, uh, Kate was just like, yeah, you're Ricky, yeah? And he, Ricky was just like, yeah, that's me. And then Christopher was just like, oh, cool, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm the guy. I'm Christopher, your pen pal. And Ricky was like, oh, shit, um, I didn't know you were in town. Christopher said, yeah, well, I, you know, I talked about it already. And Rookie said, yeah, I know, but we never, like, scheduled, like, a, you know, like, a time or a date or anything. Christopher was like, yeah, well, you know, I was in town, and I uh, saw your address, so I thought I'd just show up, you know. And then Rookie was just like, okay, well, shit, you want to come in? So he invites uh, Christopher in. They both just have a Coca-Cola. Ricky opens a bag of sourdough pretzels and they just munch on it. And then Christopher was just like, "Ah, oh, this is good. What kind of uh, what kind of pretzels are these?" And then uh, Ricky was just like, "Oh, well, they're Uts. They're a regional brand. You know, if they were available in more places, the world would be a better place." Christopher is just like, huh. So they get to chatting a bit. They talk about more of their uh, home lives and details a little bit. Again, Ricky's just telling stories from his life. Tearing out pages of chapters and just laying them out on Chris. Christopher's talking about how he's just, like, uh, been living at sea with his parents for a number of years, upwards of a decade. And they participate in commercial fishing to get by. And then how they recently docked, uh, in Jersey, and then, uh, Christopher was close enough to come pay a visit, and he just said, yeah, I don't know, uh, yeah, I don't know how long we'll be in town for, uh, we're talking about, like, moving out here, uh, or something, and Ricky was just like, well, the school I'm going to is, uh, it's decent, you know, but it's also not hot shit, and then Christopher was just like, yeah, you really bitched about it a lot in your letters, and Ricky was just like, well, you know, I was kind of just venting, you know, I don't really have anyone else to talk about this shit, you know? Everyone wants to be optimistic or whatever. Don't want to see the dark side of things, you know? It's too much for them. God forbid getting in that territory of conversation reflects too much on their core nature, but I'm willing to embrace it and see it for what it is and try to make my nature less shitty. And then Christopher was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's cool, man. Yeah, people are shitty, aren't they? And Ricky said, yeah, totally. You know, I was just, I read that, uh, 1984 last year for English class. And I was just like, that just woke me up, man. It's like, goddamn, I can see the walls now. And Christopher just nodded and said, yeah, well, you know, the walls were put up there by people and they can be taken down by people, too. And Ricky was just like, yeah. I guess so. And they sat in silence for a bit. And then Christopher went on to say, uh, Yeah, Ricky, I like what you said in that, uh, that one letter. Uh, you were talking about bad people. How they don't really feel the contents of their heart at all. And then 
work, he was just like, yeah, I guess I was kind of more venting in that one, but, uh, you know, that's how I, that's how I see it. I mean, I'm sure there are enough people in the world that, uh, you know, feel the impact of them being shitty on themselves. There's also got to be a plethora of people that just don't feel that shit or got numb to it or whatever. And they have to wake up from nightmares every night for their own shitty deeds and not even blink to it and just brush it off and then bury it deep inside or what have you. club that you can go to, you know? I mean, if you're, even if you're not in the school, I'm sure you can, like, meet those dudes and hang out with them. They might be more into that. And then Christopher was just like, nah, man, we gotta, like, Satan, Satan, like, the real deal, get him into this, you know? I mean, like, think about it, that's his whole thing, right, you know? He punishes bad people. That's his, uh, that's his involuntary servitude upon the cosmos, man. And then Ricky was just like, uh, well, I'm not, a, yeah, I don't really believe in that stuff. I'm like a, an atheist and all that. clubs, you know, really letting loose and partying. It'd be a real shame if, uh, devotees to the, uh, to Satan would, uh, you know, kidnap them and hold them hostage until you help me out, uh, giving bad people what they deserve. He was just like, what are you, what are you getting at, Christopher? Christopher pulled out a photo from his back pocket and showed it to Ricky. It was a picture of his parents tied up and in a basement. people what they deserve, then we need your scorn, you know? 
to power him and that he can really make an impact on the earth the way that people deserve. jacket and was like, alright, when you think about it, I'll stop by tonight again and we can get started. And then Christopher left, and then Ricky was just like, God fucking damn it. He tried to contact law enforcement, but they just laughed in his face. He started to comb through the letters that uh, Christopher sent to him, and information about it. In one letter, uh, Christopher mentioned the coordinates that he was uh, at at sea. So he put them in, and it was somewhere in the uh, southern Atlantic Ocean. And that point on the Earth was a. Uh, had a documentary made about it um, from National Geographic. lava spot at the bottom of the ocean, and it's credited as, as uh, some fanatics to be the uh, one of the gateways to hell. Ricky started to sweat, feeling like an ass for being duped by a demon. He uh, grabbed a knife and a pocket knife, put it in his pocket, and they started to get ready for the night ahead. And then when he was ready, he was told himself that he was going to use it on Christopher. And eventually, Christopher picked him up at his house. pickup truck manufactured in 1990 and he was like okay are you ready and Ricky sighed and said yeah let's go he didn't say much on the drive and Christopher just said you know Ricky you're doing a really great thing helping us out. I promise you, like, once this is all over, the world is going to be a better place. And then Ricky said, yeah, we're going to let my parents go uh, afterwards. And Christopher shrugged and she said, well, let's just see what happens. was a bad sign right there to Ricky. And he regretted not just stabbing him on the spot. But they arrive at a at a forest about uh, 15 miles north. at the edge of the woods, and he's like, alright, come on, follow me. Christopher's holding a flashlight, uh, going through the woods. Ricky's behind him. And the whole time, Ricky's just thinking, I just stab him, just do it. Stab him and run. But he thought, no, he might have other people involved, and he doesn't know. He doesn't know how much leverage Christopher really has. So he held back the urge.
and then they arrive at a small clearing in the woods. There's a big pentagram uh, drawn in the middle, candles surrounding it, a bunch of people in cloaks also standing around the circle. Satanists, and then Christopher's like, "No, we're not not Satanists. Uh, not abiding by any uh, pagan traditions that you've heard of, but uh, we definitely get in touch with the dark and the abyss the best we can." of rage and a need for self-defense. He lunged at Christopher and then started to stab him repeatedly. The sheep freaked out and smelled the human flesh and then just tried to bolt. Some of the people in cloaks tried to catch the sheep, but he'd already ran off. And then, uh, Ricky just kept stabbing and stabbing Christopher. He just started laughing, just like, yes, the score, and this is perfect.
Christopher was dead in the circle, and that rookie stood up, covered in blood. He was stupefied. After the ceremony was complete, the people in cloaks were uh, approaching Ricky, patting him on the back, just like, oh, you did great, man, you know? That scorn you put into Chris, who was, yeah, he was a total asshole, but, like, he's gonna, that's gonna resonate outside of the circle, and then, you know, people are gonna see themselves more, and, uh, the pain they've called, they've caused others, and you'll be, you'll be a great, man. You'll, you'll see the difference. It'll be great. stupefied. He's never taken a life before, let alone a human life. One of the guys in cloaks uh, drove him home and then dropped him off and gestured him inside of his house. Ricky was still covered in blood. They didn't bother to clean him. sits at the kitchen table and he started smoking cigarettes. He wasn't a big smoker, but he, uh, he had an ex-girlfriend who used to smoke cigarettes and uh, after they broke up, she left a pack of cigarettes at his house, which he never removed. And then he just took a cigarette and started smoking them one by one, sitting at the kitchen table, blood all over him. Here's the front door unlock and open. Here's the voices of his parents. They seem tired but jovial. Talking about a flight with a lot of turbulence and all that. Then they walk into the kitchen and they see Ricky. Covered in blood. Smoking a cigarette. Blood was dry and coagulated. And then Ricky's dad was just like, Ricky, what the fuck? His mother started to cry. Looking at Ricky horrified like she didn't recognize her own son. the parents, uh, they both sit at the table with Ricky, and to the best of his ability, despite his, uh, traumatized state, he tells him what happened, and why he did what he did. He showed them the photograph, and then, uh, Ricky's dad said that was just, uh, him and his mom, uh, you know, during their BDSM, uh, experimental phase, and they were doing, like, a lot of roleplay and whatnot. collaborated with other people and love lovers and all that. But that was a very sens uh, consensual photograph. It was not them being kidnapped. They didn't know how this Christopher said, Christopher kid uh, knew about this photo or got a hold of it. But it was a lie. And then Ricky was just like, yeah, maybe he really was a demon. Maybe I did a good thing, I don't know. got cleaned up. His parents burned his bloody clothes. And then after, was Ricky, after Ricky was going to go to bed at like 6am that next day, both of his parents approached him and he was, they were just like, never speak about this to anyone. Ricky just sighed and nodded and then went to bed. 
then Ricky started to go back to school like any other day. He obviously stopped his pen pal correspondence uh, in school. And during the end of that school year, some students came up and talked about their profound life-changing experiences of speaking to people to, uh, of different cultures and making friends around the world. Mason went up to Ricky and she's like, oh, I thought you'd really get along with getting along with your pen pal, you know? I thought you'd be really into it. I thought it'd still be going on at least. And then Ricky said, yeah, well, some things uh, don't happen the way you want them to. And he just left it at that. I feel very cold and isolated and distant from everyone else during that school year. be in high school for another two years uh, before he graduated, but he did uh, perceive some interesting changes uh, that went on in the world. He saw that more people that committed uh, unjustifiable violent crimes were turning themselves in because of the guilt and trying to make amends to the families that they damaged. high-end politicians from the United States and all over the world uh, resigned spontaneously, saying that it didn't feel good to be uh, complicit in a corrupt system, and wanted to devote their efforts to do something more positive with their work. legislation uh, across the globe. More bills being passed. Uh, letting people live by the identities that they choose. And giving people more ease uh, financially. And stifling discriminatory practices. becoming a better place, mainly because people who may not have been good people were coming to terms with that, and either willing to pay consequences for that, or trying to make earnest change. But Ricky kept on with his high school life as usual. He applied to some college uh, that he did in a half-assed way that he wasn't really invested in. Sometimes he tried to make conversation with his parents, but they would just like nod and just give him a weird look. He saw that the guilt, uh, he saw the parents' guilt uh, in, in their eyes for covering up a murder that they knew nothing about. started to consider, like, hey, you know, maybe, uh, maybe outside of that pentagram circle, uh, maybe it did make the world a better place. And then he thought about, uh, what he did to Christopher, and how it was something that, uh, it started off in self-defense, which he, uh, which he believed in and abided by morally. But then he really started to relish in trying to bestow as much misery into Christopher as possible. Days would go by whether or not he felt okay with uh, murdering Christopher or not okay with it. But either way, it kind of led him to do treat people more sh uh, treat people in a more shitty way 
having less empathy and more apathy. Being emotionally distanced from people and letting his heart go cold. shook by the, uh, the initial murder of uh, Christopher that he committed, ultimately, he felt fine with it. Quarantine Spook Show. I'm Kyle Carezzi. Hang a night.